Thank you for listening to the Praise Family of Churches podcast. We have physical buildings throughout Oregon in Monmouth, McMinnville, Eugene, Mitchell, and Willamina, but our community extends around the world. If you would like more information about any of our churches, please visit www.praiseonline.net. Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Message, a podcast where we go deeper into what was preached on Sunday and the series as a whole. I'm Mackenzie, and with me on the phone from big, beautiful Mitchell, not so big, I suppose, <laughs> uh, is Pastor Patrick Farrell. Uh, welcome, Pat. Okay, good to be here. And yes, Mitchell is very big, just not in population. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is really, it was, it. I think one of the things that's been really cool about being online, Pat, is that we got to have you preach this weekend, and we don't normally get to have you unless you're in town. Yeah, so this has been a good thing, actually, for me in a lot of respects. Not, I mean, I don't, let me rephrase that. <laughs> it's not <laughs> been a good thing. It's just, uh, it's so nice to actually be more integrated with our praise family because we are pretty mm-hmm. isolated in Mitchell. You know I mean? We're, yeah. you know, it's a three and a half, four hour drive to Mitchell from pretty much any of the churches in the Valley. And so being able to have, you know, prayer meetings on Sunday morning, have leadership team meetings in, or uh, speaking team meetings on Tuesdays mm-hmm. has been a, that's been a huge, huge thing for me uh, personally which is great. And then yeah. being able to preach it on Sunday, you know, was really cool. Yeah. Cause that was I, really cool. I mean, I miss, I miss our church family a lot, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and just being like being there with the people that we know um, yeah. in that context and in that environment is very comforting. And so it's, you know, it's a little, it, it's a little lonely at times, but on the other hand, I know that we're doing something that's, Uh, crazy amazing and fun yeah absolutely I think that's been kind of a positive aspect of being in this online church world for all the churches I mean we we talk often about the family of churches but we have very little interaction actually I mean probably the most between Monmouth and McMinnville Um, but then more and more we kind of end up doing our own thing I mean each of the each of the sites has a very different population and kind of different bench because of the location they're in and whatnot. Um, And so I think that's been really cool to kind of get to know some of the key people from each of the congregations as we are on online, you know, and whatnot. So we get to see um, you out in Mitchell and we get to see people from McMinnville, some people from Monmouth, if you're not from there. And um, so that's been, I think, a really positive thing. It's great to see our, our family of churches. You know, I tell people about that all the time here at Mitchell, you know, we talk about it when we do meet in person Mm-hmm. I remind people that we belong to a family of other churches. Yeah. And so this is the first time this congregation has been able to, to see that they belong to a family of churches because yeah. you know, like McMinnville knows that it's in a family with uh, Monmouth and Wilhelmina and Eugene and you know, mm-hmm. things like that, because it, it's easy to go from one place to another. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, you're a part of that family or even if there's like a church picnic or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, Spanish church Mm -hmm. is, you know, in the same place as Monmouth. Yeah. So that's really cool. So I think the members that attend those physical locations already have that sense of, oh, we're we're part of these family churches. But out Mm -hmm. here, because we started, you know, as a praise church. Yeah. And people started coming here, you know, they didn't, it's still really hard for them to grasp uh, mm-hmm. what it means to be a part of the praise member in yeah. family churches. So one of the things I've thought about doing is like uh, during Beast Feast or something along those lines, just we've got this big green school bus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it'd be kind of cool to just like load everybody in the school bus yes. and, you know, go to McMinnville or fun. Monmouth or whatever. So, yes. Well, as soon as all, all of our restrictions are lifted, huh? <laughs> right. Right. But it has, I think it's been cool. It's a little bit comforting for me, who's very Monmouth based 
um, live, I basically live inside the church. Um, and Mm -hmm. so it's been cool though, because then it, it kind of eases if you're somebody on the speaking team, you know, we sometimes will hop from site to site, from church to church. Um, and it is a little bit of an easier, easier way in to get to know, um, the congregation to get to know you, uh, before you even can speak on site. Cause I haven't spoken in McMinnville before. Um, but now there's been at least a, a small portion of the church that has seen me speak. So I think that's kind right. of a cool, a cool benefit of that, um, as hard as it's been. But speaking of kind of just <laughs> all of how this weird world is going right now, last, this last weekend was mother's day. And we were talking before uh, we recorded service that traditionally Mother's Day is probably one of our fullest Sundays because moms are like, I just want you to go to church with me for Mother's Day. <laughs> and and it's really a beautiful day. Usually it's like stunning weather, at least in the valley usually. And um, there's always more flowers. You know, Lila will decorate the churches a lot and things are <laughs> right. really awesome. And it's a really beautiful service. And it's not like we necessarily always do something special for the sermon or anything like that. But we usually do some fun things in kids church and things like that. But this was our first time having a a digital Mother's Day service, which is bizarre. It was sort of like Easter, you know, not being able to, to, you know, hug each other and handshake at Easter Mm. and things like that. It just seems so well, actually, Easter seemed much more um, strange and different and yeah. strained, you know, that mm-hmm. was. And for Mother's Day, um, you know, it, I, I don't know. I My hope is that people were just connecting with moms, you know, with yeah. their moms, with their mother figures, because I want to be really like I try to be pretty sensitive to that, because like I said in my message, Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, she was a mom to so many people. And then, uh, and then Jalay, uh, she started getting messages, you know, from all of these kids that she's been mom to mm, you know, yeah. as well. So in some ways, I think it was kind of cool because, you know, social media doesn't seem so disingenuous now mm, right now mm-hmm. like right yeah. now social media seems like the smart way to contact people <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whereas, no kidding. you know last year on mother's day if the kids had just sent their mom a note she'd yeah. be like oh seriously come on that's the best you could do <laughs> come on <laughs> right now <laughs> so so one of the things that we did was um there's a uh an artist here in mitchell who also operates the painted hills French uh, mm. pastry. It's a French French pastry shop here in wow. town, and she's she's really fantastic. Well, she had posted some artwork that she had done, and and Jalay commented on how she liked this one particular piece. So I so I went to the Etsy shop, bought it. The artist brought it into the store. I picked it up at the store, and I took a photo of it, and I sent the photo to all three of our kids, and I said, "I need you to sign this card." You know, so they downloaded the photo, they took their stylus, and they wrote on the card and signed it and everything. And then they sent that card to her. And then after she had read all those, I gave her the original artwork. Oh. On the back of it. It yeah. Kind of cool, cool to, to like, see how can we, how can we still do mother's day um, without being in the same room or mm-hmm. in the same place? So, I yeah. mean, it was, it was weird, but a yeah, lot of people have had to get creative though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. That's a good thing. I mean, yeah, the restrictions really create creativity. And I think that's a really cool thing. And to see, okay, what, what can be done, you know? And I mean, I, right. I think a lot of traditional things still happened on mother's day. I mean, I went to Trader Joe's for some groceries uh, yesterday afternoon and I mean, the flowers were clean out. I'll say that. But (laughs) good thing I was not shopping for flowers. Right. But (laughs) I did hear of a lot of people still going for brunch for Mother's Day and things like that. And and we did, I think, have less people on the online service live. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... You know, I I would agree. I think people were with their moms, and I think that's great. And I think the comfort to people around that is that service is posted later, and so they can always watch that. And I think that's a really 
amazing thing that people can still spend time with their families. And I know a lot of people jumped onto the 6 p.m. service instead of the 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. you know, we had a lot of options, but it's kind of funny behind the scenes. I remember it was about, I think, two weeks ago uh, when we were recording for last week's service, uh, Jessica in McMinnville said, okay, well, next week when we record, it's for Mother's Day. And I just honestly didn't even realize that we were there. <laughs> I know. I it's it sort of snuck up on me too because I was just, I mean, I was astonished that here we are at Mother's Day, and yeah. you're right. And for whatever in my mind, um, Mother's Day, it doesn't creep up on you necessarily because the seasons and the activity and the busyness begins to to increase, right? Like so, it's right. all all this stuff is sort of building up towards this mother's day and you know it's just not everything has been so basically quiet that mm-hmm. it kind of snuck up on me and yeah and I, I think it's I think it's weird on our end as we as we record for for listeners who don't know this we record on the Thursday before Sunday mm-hmm. that it airs yeah. and so it's kind of a weird process because you are still in the previous week physically mm-hmm. planning but like recording as if you're a few days in the future and so that's kind of a a weird brain mind game to have to play and Mm -hmm. i have to do that for my work right now i'm recording things for the next week and so i'm always thinking oh gosh i don't even know what's going on next week you know i i totally missed uh mentioning mother's day in our school news thing and because I didn't even realize <laughs> and so you know it's because you're not there yet you're not thinking about it so honestly I had forgotten luckily Jessica Kirkland remembered and um, she put that whole um, montage together for moms and that was I thought that was super great and the kids were so cute yeah that was pretty dang cute that's something I'd <laughs> that say like very cute let's do that forever that that can continue <laughs> See, and that, I think that's what I love about the, what has happened is that because we are facing technology, having to fill in this gap that we have relied on being filled yeah. in in person, there is there's suddenly this um, this uh, ease and acceptance with a montage being made up of some vertical, some horizontal, oh, cell yeah. phone, you know, <laughs> and. Before, you know, a church production team would never let that fly. It's like, no, there's no, no way we can do that. it still drives me crazy. <laughs> well, it drives me crazy too as a photographer, right? But Yes. <laughs> but nonetheless, here we are yeah. and the sentiment, you know, the sentiment of, of what's trying to be, you know, portrayed is it's happening. And I, you know, Jalea and I have been sitting there watching these montages happen and you know like Jalea's crying because it's like oh it's so and so oh they're, they're so you know oh the kids are so grown up and yeah that's the, what it's that's what the fellowship is meant to be it's mm-hmm. not meant to be uh technologically perfect it's meant yeah. to be a relational time and so from my perspective uh, that you know this that we're doing church online I think we're doing a great job of you know, sort of meeting Paul's demand of not forsaking the fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great. We're really being tested on the building aspect of things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's, I think people are getting more comfortable with being on camera in those like selfie videos and things like that, because, you know, I mean, of course, in my dream world, the audio would be really great and it would be landscape (laughs) and there'd be all these details. But when it comes down to it, I would much rather have the video than not have the video. And even there was, you know, a couple of videos, we have this technology issue between like Android and iPhones and things like that, that just absolutely drives me bonkers that we cannot figure that out apparently in the world of technology. But like, again, like even though there was, you know, maybe one or two that was not the best quality, I, I would still rather have, people are getting more comfortable with that so that's i think really cool and i think it's because they're realizing the value of of these little montages they seem so silly when you first send them and actually a behind the scenes part of it is when i put them together Mm -hmm. i clip all the videos together and they actually 
they're cool when you first watch through them, but they're not as meaningful until you put music behind them. And I don't right. know what that is, right. but it, there's something magical about just putting simple music behind that. Mm -hmm. It it, yeah. it kind of sets a tone. Well, and it's, you know, I, so for those who don't know, I was in, I worked for an ad agency and a marketing department for almost 20 years. So I've, I've been in marketing and advertising for a long time. And there's this, you know, there's this sense of coverage, you know, yeah. that, that a little background music covers the silence and it gives people, it sets people at ease and they're able to, to engage with what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, silence, you know, I mean, silence is a difficult thing. I mean, honestly, it's, I, I feel like that's why, you know, when people pray, I mean, I'm terrible about this. I hate white space in a conversation. Mm -hmm. you know? so, yeah. so I'll fill things in and, and, when we do our uh, prayer service on Sunday morning, when we get together, mm -hmm. you know, and each person takes an opportunity to pray, you, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, right? And when it, oh, when it comes time, when some, so yeah, when someone's <laughs> done praying and you don't see any microphones unmuting, you're like, oh, <laughs> ah, what's happen? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, I wish we just had some background music here. <laughs> Silence is incredibly powerful, though. At the same yeah. time, it, it's a tool to be used. And that's something that I really learned as in my training to become a counselor mm -hmm. is that silence was was doing something. It was holding a space for someone. Yeah. Um, and and actually, I talked a little bit about silence in a sermon last year uh, about being silent in prayer mm -hmm. and um, and holding that space with you and the Lord and to, to let him speak, which yes. is really hard for some of us, I would say myself included. And there was a few reasons why, but I, I talked a little bit about, um, Mr. Rogers. And when he wrote a book in the late nineties, he, somebody asked him in an interview, I think it was on Charlie Rose, uh, in an interview, they asked him, what the most important part of the book was. And he said the white spaces between the paragraphs and he mm -hmm. intentionally left all this space. And, and after a really difficult point, he goes like this page, he goes, he had read whatever it was and it was kind of a difficult, you know, concept or whatever it was. And he said, I left the whole rest of the page blank because you're going to need some time to process that. Mm. And I was like, wow, that is so powerful. And so, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a tool to be used as well, but there also is, you know, you kind of ebb and flow with using music and, and allowing silence, which allowing silence while we're preaching to a camera is really difficult. Super awkward. Yeah. It's yeah. really awkward. You know, I mean, I did. So when I shot the video for the message that I did, I actually mm -hmm. had two cameras and audio device recording, right? So there's actually mm -hmm. a bet there's a better audio track and there's a second, <laughs> there's a second angle with a closer lens, you know, that, yeah. that, that should have been blended together, but I could not get all the technology to talk to each other. And, oh, and the, you, you know, I mean, still 20 years into this, I've been in this for 20 years and still we can't seem to solve that problem. <laughs> you know? Just Technology. like you said about iPhone and Android. Yeah. I mean, come on, you guys, really? Literally, yeah. it just seems so simple. I mean, yep. the technology issues are still existing and we just get more and more frustrated with it. I mean, I had some technology issues even before recording this. It's so silly. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. well, let's get into your message, Pat, a little bit. Yep. You continued us in our series and the parables of Jesus. We've been talking about this crazy life and, and mm -hmm. what the kingdom of heaven really is. And you kind of continued us with two parables, the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price. And in your message, you mentioned, and a little bit you've mentioned today, being all in with Jesus and a little bit of your story, yours and Jalei's story, is how you guys even got to Mitchell. Can you take maybe a couple minutes and tell the listeners who don't really know that story very well, what was that like, how you decided to be all in with God's plan? So the, the beginning of the story with uh, coming to Mitchell started with um, Jalei. So my wife, Jalei, um, who is an extraordinary person, very creative, uh, very hardworking. Uh, she used to restore vintage travel trailers sort of long before it got popular, back when you could buy a trailer out of a farmer's field for like mm -hmm. 150 bucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, she had come to Mitchell with a vintage trailer to a trailer rally a year prior. 
And um, prior to everything sort of getting shaken up. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I had photographed a bunch of helmets for Bell uh, motorcycle helmets. They were custom helmets. And so they said, hey, we want to be able to display these helmets at a trade show, like a motorcycle show. So they asked me to pitch an idea and I said, well, what if we took a vintage travel trailer and we just kind of hinge the sides up and, you know, these, there's these custom helmets and they're like, yeah, let's, let's further that. So Jalay knew mm -hmm. that had three or four vintage trailers that were just sitting there. Mm. So, um, and it's funny because I think it was the weekend before mother's day of 20, <laughs> 2015. So wow. this was just like, last week, basically, of 2015. Wow. Uh, Jalay and her sister, Carrie, drove out to Mitchell to look at these trailers. And Jalay had this visionary moment as they were leaving town that, um, that there needed to be a hostel in Mitchell. It was truly a God-inspired moment. And uh, she was looking at, uh, at an old building and just a bunch of things lined up mm -hmm. that made her realize that this was God trying to say something. And there were some other things that sort of throughout the, their time here in Mitchell spoke to her heart about this community and mm. the, the need for uh, grace and healing and forgiveness to sort of permeate the culture. So mm -hmm. all of those things stacked together and she came home and said to me, Hey, uh, I think, I think I received a vision. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. So she explained <laughs> it to me and I was just like, Oh, there's no way. Right. right. So we came back the next weekend, uh, with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Rob and Carrie. And I just was not getting it. I, mm. I literally was, I was totally against it to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is something that I'm kind of actually I'm really embarrassed about because my wife is an extraordinary woman of God yeah, and she has, she has been a visionary in our life spiritually, you know, from day one. Mm -hmm. So why would I question that, you know, her saying I have a vision. And so I'm, I'm really ashamed of that whole thing. That's just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not cool, right? Yeah. Basically, she was coming home and saying, I was plowing a field in Mitchell and the plowshare hit a treasure. Let's go look at it. And I'm like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, she's come back from the from the market saying, I found the pearl yeah. that we've been looking for our whole life. You know, yeah. and, I, and and my answer was like, eh. I don't I'm not think really the pearls, pearls in Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. I think it's here so, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really embarrassing, really mm. just not a moment that I'm proud of. Right. Sure. So, so anyway, um, I had to really, really pray hard about this whole thing. And mm -hmm. it was a very difficult process for me to go through partly because like we had set our lives in, you know, in, in the, the, you know, the foothills of, of Dallas, mm -hmm. we were attending Monmouth, great, beautiful group of friends and yeah, just things felt really beautiful and peaceful. You know, we were a tree by the living waters and, you know, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Right. And career wise, I had begun to see some success and my photography career. Um, I had just been published on this platform that I've been waiting for, for years. And it's like, wow, this is great. Everything's moving the way it should. Mm -hmm. And then she comes home and says, Hey, I think, I think there, I had a vision. Wow. So, so I had this, I had to make a decision and this is even worse. Like I had to make a decision whether I even wanted to pray about it. Right. Yeah. Like oh, I had, that's real to say that though. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I had to, I had to wonder, do I even want to wonder sure. <laughs> what Jesus wants in our life? Sure. Um, again, horrible things to say, but you know, just being honest for anybody mm -hmm. who's listening, 
my heart, you know, when people say follow your heart, it was not following it to Mitchell. <laughs> it was photographing motorcycles for this website, right? Sure. And I'm like, that's where my heart is. And so I had to just stop everything and just quiet myself. And I had a long commute. I used to, I worked in Eugene, lived in mm -hmm. Dallas. So I had about three hours a day of commuting. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that one day saying, okay, Lord, let's just hypothetically say yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to give up everything. And that's really what, that was my prayer. No joke. That was my yeah, prayer. Lord, sure. let's just hypothetically say, I'm willing to give up every single thing. Do you think this is the right thing to do? <laughs> and uh, I'm on that, that horrible straight stretch between Albany and Eugene uh, where yeah. there's nothing, literally nothing, literally nothing. Yeah. And I just remember like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, Jalay is right. In fact, she's spot on. And the name spoken hostile popped into my head. Right. Wow. It was so weird. So because it has a double meaning because we knew there was a lot of cyclists and motorcyclists here. And so it's like the spoken word of God and then spoken as in like spokes on a wheel and that kind of thing. Yeah. Seemed a little corny at the time. So I called Jalay from the car. I'm like, Hey, you're right. <laughs> She's like, mm -hmm. I think oh, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, what do you think about the end? And we just started, you know, spitballing ideas. And suddenly it was like the floodgates opened and all the creativity yeah. that, that we crave as humans, like, uh, like, you know, writers get writer's block. And then when that block mm. is broken, when they finally submit to whatever the project is, yeah, that's what happened is the creativity really started to flow. So anyway. And then once you got was, there, it was just like super easy, right? Oh yeah. It was, yeah, it was a lead pipe cinch, right? You know, so <laughs> yeah. So Jalay over a period of a long time, finally, you know, uh, this church became available because Curtis and Julie, the pastors that were here, they moved to Vail outside of Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, and so the church closed and we, we just happened to come out here on the very last Sunday that they were open wow. Be because we wanted to confirm like, were we really, did we really hear what we heard? Like, is this really real? Because we'd hit a lot of roadblocks. Mm -hmm. So we came to Mitchell. We went to church here. It was a little bit awkward. We left, started driving home, called Joe, talked to him. Actually he called us. He said, Hey, what are you guys doing in Mitchell? <laughs> like, well, how'd you... That's kind of creepy. How'd you know we were in Mitchell? So he said, he's like, Oh, Hey, we're going, well, I'm supposed to go out there tomorrow as part of the denomination, you know, part of the assemblies, part mm -hmm. of his job at the time was, um, you know, sort of transitioning churches as part of his presbytery. Anyway. So they, he knew that it was closing. Mm -hmm. And so we said, well, we got this crazy idea. What do you think? And, put a hostel inside of a church and let that hostel sort of be the support for the pastors. Mm. And he said, yeah, that'd be great. You guys will do great. And, you know, it's funny because our response at the time was, well, no, we think it's good for someone, not us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a classic response too. Yeah. So anyway, so shortly after that, or actually several months later, Jalei got the keys to the building. And on February 1st of 2016, she moved into the church and just started shredding the place, ripping wow. up carpet, removing walls, or, you know, getting work parties together. And then it just like, it just took off from there. That's amazing. Wow. I mean, it's, it, it really is an incredible story. And, and, you know, I'm sure if you want to know more, please like talk to Pat, find Pat. He is super available to talk to you more about it. Cause I mean, God has really done an amazing work in Mitchell and through spoken hostel and, um, I mean, they're pretty well known now and that's really amazing. So, um, but I think it's really interesting as we have th thinking about this idea, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a treasure hidden. Um, and you know, you guys kind of found your treasure hidden out there. Um, this new perspective on what God wanted you guys to do in this life and, and really, uh, a time to be truly submitted to 
the plan that God might have for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that you guys really had to give up a lot of things for uh, the kingdom of heaven, really, and for the plan that God would have. Um, and it's interesting almost to think about the up, up, other way around as we, I was thinking about this this week about the pearl of great price and the hidden treasure. Um, we think about it in perspective that that hidden treasure is, is heaven is the kingdom of heaven is salvation is Jesus for us. And that when we discover what that means, that we give up everything that we have in order to go after it. Um, and that's true. And that's a really valid perspective as you obviously got into on Sunday, but the other way to think about it too, is that, um, that we are the people of God. We are the children of God. We are the, the pearl of great price for Jesus that he gave up everything, including Mm -hmm. his life, um, to have us, his treasure. Uh, And I think it, both of those perspectives come down to the joy that you were talking about, that when we truly understand that he gave up everything for us, that we are treasured in his eyes, mm-hmm. um, that that joy comes um, and that, that that changes who we are. Uh, that understanding changes how we view life and, and who we are and how we view God. And then, and I think it's that concept in First John that, that we love because he first loved us, um, that we mm-hmm. can give up everything because Jesus did that first for us. Um, and so that's a really interesting thing that I've just been thinking about this week. But, you know, what do you feel like, Pat, that you know about God that you didn't know before you said yes to Mitchell? Um. He has an extraordinary confidence in me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really extraordinary. I <laughs> I have to say that that um, kind of reflecting a little bit on what you were talking about just now about how these parables can be seen from both directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I touched on in the message was that you know the guy that was working the field when he found the treasure, he, he already owned enough stuff that he could, he, he could have bought the field a long time ago. Oh yeah. He, he easily could have purchased that field. I don't know how long he'd been working that field, but, Mm. but he could have sold everything and bought that field. Right. But he didn't see the value in it. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't, so he didn't make the sacrifice at the time in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me is that Jesus, you know, when God looks at me, when Jesus looks at my heart, he doesn't see just kind of a field that's like, well, I could probably grow some wheat there. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, I'm, I'm already totally committed to sacrificing everything to get that field. Oh yeah. Because I know, I know unequivocally that there's a treasure in there. Yeah. And gee, I just wish Pat would see that treasure. Gee, yeah. I just was, Jalay would see that. Mackenzie would see the mm-hmm. treasure that I see. I wish that they would see. And I feel like that's probably where, you know, that's one of the things that I have been maybe astonished by mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, you know, God sees this great value in, in us, yeah, in me, in my wife, in my children. And it's not a surprise to him that there's a treasure in that field. Right. <laughs> oh, totally. And I don't, I, 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 I guess I, I grew up thinking I, I have good parents, you know? And mm-hmm. so, I, but I think we all sort of grew up thinking um, we just need to get better at something. That's our goal is to just get better at things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God sees me as a completed work already yeah. at its best. Mm-hmm. And for me to just like set back kind of, I equate it to jumping into this river and just being carried along, you know, mm-hmm. through his, through his spirit being carried along and not fighting against the current, not, you, you know, uh, not being surprised by the rapids and things like that, that mm-hmm. he's already, he sees me already at my destination. Oh, and yeah. This was one of those things. You know, we tried to buy a piece of property here in Mitchell mm-hmm. to turn it into a hostel. And we couldn't get the guy to come down on the price, even though he'd been selling it for like 12 years <laughs> in a de- 
you know, an economically depressed town. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. Like, why was it so hard? And that's why we came back that last Sunday. Like, maybe, maybe we got it wrong. Yeah. And then to find out that, that, you know, that, that pastoring a church was actually what God was calling us to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So yeah. I, I guess that's what I've learned is that I just can't underestimate what he's got in mind. Oh yeah. And, and trusts us with, it's really, it's really amazing. I think it's that perspective that really uh, gives us the bravery and the courage to do big things Mm -hmm. when we kind of catch the vision that God has. I think, I always think about this. Um, there's this concept in, um, therapy for children that I kind of base a lot of my own, uh, world ideology, if you will, on. And mm-hmm. it's just so simple. It's from play therapy, which a lot of the things that I really get are from how we work with children. Uh, and I, cause I think it's actually a lot more applicable to everybody else. Um, but it's <laughs> this idea that a child's behavior is consistent generally with their concept of self. In other words, that who they believe themselves to be is how they will act. Um, right. and, as the child develops, the child will experience reactions and evaluations from parents and significant others to help them perceive whether they're good or bad, dependent on these evaluations. And I think that's true of us, even as adults, too, that as we grow in our faith, as we grow up developmentally, we're getting these ideas of who we are, good mm-hmm. or bad, and then our behavior and our idea of God and our faith comes out of that. And so we God, I feel like is constantly reframing who we believe ourselves to be. Um, and mm-hmm. it, this is, this, uh, concept comes from a, a child therapist called, his name is Gary Landreth in Texas. Mm-hmm. Very sweet man. I got to talk to him on the phone once. It was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. but he says that a child whose parents react to him as stupid or incapable comes to view himself as stupid and incapable. How can a child feel capable if no one responds to them as capable? And it goes on about different things, about being liked, being trusted and whatnot. And so we see constantly these bids for connection, I think, from God, where he's like, Mm -hmm. hey, you are trustworthy. And the reason you're trustworthy is because I say you are. And I'm giving you the opportunity to prove it. (laughs) and And that's why I was, that's why, and I like what you had to say at the end of the message, too, was, you know, connect with people who you see joy because mm-hmm. those people have figured out mm-hmm. the, the idea that God has sees such great value in them. Mm-hmm. They've, and, and that, that under that value proposition, understanding, whatever you want to call it, understanding it renders this joy in the hearts. Right. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're not sure if you want to commit your life to Christ, if you're not sure about if you are, um, you know, maybe you did and you're just not like, you're feeling uncertain. Talk to those people because, you know, they're going to, they're going to help you understand the value that God sees and used and reformat yeah. your thinking about yourself. And then the other thing, the other side of that is if you have joy mm-hmm. in your relationship with Christ, figure out your parable, yeah. write your parable, write it right now, because and, and that was one of the things that, that I struggle with the parables is that when we don't understand, you know, and I probably went on too long about this, but <laughs> do, when, when we don't understand the context, it's just kind of an empty concept, right? Yes. And your every living day is a modern day parable for somebody who's wondering what's the kingdom of heaven like, Oh, yeah. you know, what is a relationship with Jesus like? So like you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be on the leadership team. You don't have to, Mm-mm. none of that is important. Your life is a living parable Yeah. and get it ready because, you know, there's people who need to hear that, that God loves them. And it's not, you know, sort of the Turner burn kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> parable message, you know, but rather, you know, this pearl of great price and the treasure. I mean, you, you have that story in your life. Mm-hmm. Tell you know, tell it to somebody. Yeah, tell it to someone. That's tell it yeah. to. A f- anyway, so good. That's so good. I think that's like 
that's like the whole message that's throughout the new testament too like go and tell go and tell go and tell you Mm -hmm. know yeah go into the world and how often we don't do that i mean i'm Mm -hmm. guilty as charged in that as well but like how often we don't and you know what i was talking a little bit about last week on the podcast is we have such access to share our stories with so many people on this digital platform of social media. Um, I mean, like just taking two minutes and recording how, how God has changed your life. That, I mean, that is invaluable. It's free (laughs) to encourage someone like we were saying. And I mean, like we were saying at the very beginning of the podcast today is just that this is not forsaking the fellowship. And that's exactly what it is. It's staying connected. It's that when I'm um, lacking, you know, it's that concept mm-hmm. of when one part of the body is hurting, the rest of the body yep. feels it and, and have, has a responsibility to lift that back up and help out. And, you know, so that's why, you know, spoke a little bit about when you have, when you do have joy, find people who, who don't and share it with them and encourage them mm-hmm. um, because they really need it. And, and then of course, you know, if you're lacking, like, you got to get some skin in the game and, and seek it out because there are people who are willing, um, but they, you may be putting up a front and they don't know that you're struggling. Um, and so we can't read minds. Um, so you got to have a little bit of vulnerability and just stick yourself out there a little bit. Uh, and then other people are, I just, you know, like I prayed on Sunday to have eyes to see those opportunities. So as yeah. we, as yeah. we kind of um, wrap up today, what's just something really practical you talked a little bit about how there's a lot of investments that we make in, in worldly possessions and, and even emotional (laughs) value of things and whatnot. But what are some investments that we could be making right now that will have lasting value? What's something that somebody could get started with today? So I I don't know if this answers, I hope this answers the question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Invest in a skill. Okay, that sounds really bizarre, and and forgive me for this, but invest in a skill that you can share with others. Yeah, because we're in a culture that really values people's ability to do certain things, you know, or and uh, you know, we I think sometimes as a culture we struggle with idolizing, you know, musicians and sure. worship leaders or whatever. Um. So I taught myself how to cut hair about, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And um, I now have a, like this little barber shop in, in the hostel at the church. Mm. And, and that has become one of the greatest investments in myself because you know what? It puts me in contact with people mm-hmm. who need a service yeah. and you know what? do a menial service it because it's not menial it mm-hmm. puts you in contact with people and it you know if you think about it this way like don't don't idolize the services of other people meaning mm-hmm. like oh i i just wish i could you know those those folks at dutch brothers man they're so nice i wish i could be like that no if that's not your thing don't do that mm-hmm. okay it just so happens that I enjoy cutting hair. Right. And, mm. but you know, these ranchers out here, they'll take time to get their hair cut, right? yeah. but they don't necessarily have time to come to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't begrudge them that one bit. Cows mm. don't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so this chair, this barber chair and providing a service gives opportunity for these ranchers to come in and other people too, you know, they just come in and they and, we have great discussions mm. and those discussions lead to a deeper understanding of how much God loves them. And I, you know, I don't, I don't preach. I don't like re-preach my sermon while I've got, you know, a straight edge <laughs> razor in my hand. Or, Probably you know. good idea. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that it's a skill that I enjoy mm. and it's, and I'm naturally suited to that. But if your skill is honestly washing windows, go get really good at that. Go buy the equipment, whatever, because you know what it's going to do? It's going to put you in touch with people who are like-minded, who are going to, who are going to, you're, you're, it's like the parable. You're going to share the same context, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that sounds foolish, but I'm afraid that we, we, we hyper-spiritualize investments in ourselves Mm -hmm. um, 
that could be benefiting other people and draw people closer to the love of Jesus through just, just hanging out, working together, you know, work together, work together, work together, whatever that is. And don't look at the super extroverts, like, you know, like I'm pretty extroverted, right? You know, I, (laughs) I don't have a, but don't look to them as your example that you need to follow because God's work is happening in every nook and cranny of every life. And if, if that means, you know, turns out that you really like mowing lawns. Mow lawns. lawns. Yeah. It's so good. And it blesses people. It does. It does. You're going to talk to somebody that day simply because you have a lawnmower and suddenly the wall, that barrier is down. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, I love lawnmowers too. Oh, cool. This is a John Deere, blah, 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 blah. So what do you do? You know, and it's the, it's what you need. It's true. Don't, don't fear those little investments. Um, I love that because I'm going to just say real quick. I love that because I think so often people think in order to serve uh, in church or the church or serve God and whatnot, it has to be within the walls of the church. And we're obviously saying that like, that's definitely not true because we don't even have walls of a church right now, but also like that, that it has to be like, I, I'm either like a speaker or in worship team or have to love kids. And that's like, pretty much it and that's so not true i mean even if you do end up serving your gift for the church sometimes it is the most random things i mean i honestly just said one day like hey like why don't we have a social media page that's how people Mm -hmm. find people anymore like whatever and i remember i think matt i think it was that said uh we've just been praying for somebody who knows how to do it because we don't know how to do it and i said i know how to do it (laughs) and so like that's literally like that that's how i started serving in our church is I started our Instagram page and just knew how to run an Instagram and not even like, I don't have a background in advertising. I don't have a background in like anything else. I just had my own personal Instagram liked it and was like, I mean, it's pretty easy, you know? (laughs) So I'm, I'm a child of For some people it's easier. Yeah, that's true. Some people it's easier. I mean, I'm not going to put Joe Pearson on, on in charge of Instagram or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Turn the camera, Joe. If you're yeah. listening, to the camera. <laughs> Turn it on. Turn it on. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, no, what was I, the second I, thing you were going to say? Well, just, um, and this is probably the hardest, is honestly just investing in time in reading, you yeah. know, not just reading your Bible, but read, you know, read counterpoints, uh, read things, you know, like I'm reading the Grapes of Wrath right now. <laughs> you know, that's a, Whew. that's a deep and difficult thing. And it's not Easy. particularly, you know, you know, uh, you know, Steinbeck is not necessarily a great <laughs> Christian author, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, reading and listening to podcasts or talking to people that you disagree with in a respectful manner, mm. you know, that, that builds context in your life so that, so that when the, the moment to speak into someone's life happens, they mm-hmm. don't look at you and like, well, but you've never listened to me or you wouldn't yeah. know because you only, you know, you only listen to Christian music or you wouldn't know because, um, you know, you've never, you've never been around an addict, you know? Right. I, I don't know how many times somebody like will say to me, uh, you know, like I'll be out on a ranch talking to somebody. And just recently I went out to a couple of ranches to do haircuts and, mm. I guess, I don't know if that's against the law, but anyway, <laughs> so, so just, just for the record, I'm not a licensed barber and I do not charge money. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, it, it's funny how people, when I'm a barber, the, the vocabulary doesn't change if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but as soon as they find out that I'm a pastor, you know, they're like, uh, suddenly they begin stumbling over their words mm-hmm. and the, by, by exuding this, this, uh, presence of, of, um, uh, being willing to listen to a counterpoint, you know, people are just, they just open up. Yeah. So I think investing in, like I said, you know, uh, getting a hold of different viewpoints, but then also like within Christendom also, Mm -hmm. it's important to read or listen to, or talk to people, you know, talk to Catholics and, Mm -hmm. and, super Pentecostals and, you know, just like Lutherans and figure out, you know, 
this big, this big picture of, of mm-hmm. Jesus um, and what the body of Christ looks like. That's really good. And I think, you know, you obviously like be wise about how you go about that. You know, yeah. if you're not yeah. super solid in what your faith is yet, like start there, yeah. like start wherever yeah. you're at. Um, mm-hmm. If you've been in, if you've been in for a long time and you find yourself surrounding yourself with uh, every person who thinks and agrees with the exact same way that you think and view life, I mean, expand a little bit, get to know other people, you know, it, it will change your perspective on things. And, and kind of like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, I think with Steven, you know, finding things that just make you love Jesus more and whether that's like a book or a show or you know, obviously like read your Bible is what I would say for sure. Um, but you know, if that's hard to understand, get, get a hold of somebody's commentary or whatnot, like do whatever right. you can. I mean, I think this is, this kind of goes back to the hidden treasure that you, it's not just giving up anything that you have, but also mm-hmm. you need to, you strive after the thing that you want, you know, you know, when there's something that you really want, you find a way for it, you know, and sometimes that means adding something, you know, when I first started reading my Bible, I didn't really fully understand it. And I got John Corson tapes and I just listened mm-hmm. through all those. Yeah. I mean, that guy can speak for an hour on one verse. So, oh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> you know, well, and that's so what I tell people out here. That's what yeah. I tell people out here. When we do these little Bible studies out on the ranches and things like that, we'll do, honestly, we just stay with the book of Proverbs. And I tell everybody, you know, make it your goal to maybe read a chapter but if you get two verses in and something hits you, stop right there immediately. Yeah. Do not go further. Let it sink in. And when you're out yeah. there moving the cattle or when you're changing irrigation pipe or whatever, just be allow yourself to think about that proverb all day long. Mm. Because honestly, that's that's what it's intended for. And oh man, yeah. God's so amazing that way. And that like, oh ouch, that really hurt. I just want to keep reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to you know, I want to push past that. this. I don't yeah. want to underline that one. And sometimes the ones you right, don't want to right. underline, you should probably hang out in for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, Pat, I'm just so grateful that you were able to via technology be with us for service this weekend and, and even via technology today, sit down and talk about yeah, this fun. a little bit more. And um, we're praying for you guys out in Mitchell and um, hopefully we will keep being creative and find ways for the family to be even more connected and whatnot. So if you guys um, want to connect with Pat, um, you can be on our social media pages and he can get a message via there. Um, I know you guys yep. have spoken hostel has some social media, right? Yep. Uh, Spokenhostel.org is the website. And then uh, we receive messages through that. And then also we've got a Facebook page and an Instagram account as well for Spoken Hostel. So you're more than able to reach us there or contact at Spokenhostel.org is our email address. We're happy, happy to talk. Yeah. Find them, follow them, pray for them. Um, they're doing an amazing work. So we're so grateful to you and Jalay for just being part of this crazy life for the Praise Family of Churches. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk to everyone later. Have a wonderful week.